0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Why don't you go ahead and tell me who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm uh, Leon Island.
2: I'm Bloomberg's antitrust reporter. How many times a day do you think about Amazon? Probably... I mean, at least once, sometimes many times a day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many times a day do you think Lena
2: Khan thinks about Amazon? Oh my God, probably a lot more than me. I mean, (laughs) they have a lot about Amazon going on over there.
0: I called Leah because this week, the Federal Trade Commission, which Lena Khan chairs, sued Amazon, saying the company tricked people into signing up for its premium service, Prime, and deliberately made it hard for them to cancel. But the thing is, this is not the first fight between Lina Khan and Amazon. It's not even the fifth. Khan's focus on the company goes back before she even came to the FTC, Back to her time as a student at Yale Law School. I mean, after all, this is this is a woman who wrote a, a pretty famous, or maybe we should say famous in, in antitrust circles, uh, law review paper about Amazon. I'm like, I just wonder—is like, some part of her brain always occupied with Amazon?
2: I mean, I sort of hope not for her, because like giving them that much of her brain space. But I mean, I guess you know, from her point of view, it's all about like raining in Amazon, so. And would you say that this
0: week she reigned it in a little or a lot?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, they certainly lobbed a big bomb at them. This is probably the biggest case that has been filed against Amazon today, because um, it takes aim at, you know, their most lucrative business, which is their marketplace. Today on the show, How big a bomb is
0: this case? And what happens when the government drops an even bigger one? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. And if you've ever clicked on that Prime button, you're gonna wanna stick around. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over the past few years, the FTC has slowly turned up the temperature on Amazon. The agency has filed lawsuits, investigated mergers, and let it be known that a big antitrust case was brewing. All because, in the agency's view, Amazon has too much power, and it's abusing it. This week's suit, filed on Wednesday, goes after Prime. The FTC says, quote, Amazon tricked and trapped people into recurring subscriptions.
2: This is the $139 service that gets you access to like all of its streaming and music and the fast shipping. But they allege that they make it super difficult to cancel. It takes somewhere between six or seven clicks. You have to like find where on the website. Um, My favorite detail, actually, is that internally at Amazon, they refer to it as the Iliad process. (laughs) Homer's Iliad. Homer's Iliad. You know, like this epic poem about the Trojan War, because apparently it is just as epic to try and cancel Prime.
0: One thing that stuck out to me was that in, in the suit, the agency talked about dark patterns, basically kind of Amazon, in their words, fiddling with the user experience to push people into certain choices. And that stuck out to me because it seemed like the agency was saying like, oh, we really know what you guys are doing with your digital design in order to nudge consumer behavior.
2: Yeah, they've been very interested in dark patterns for a while. So dark patterns are the ways that uh, companies design their interfaces to sort of nudge you in the way that they want. So this is like when you are going through and clicking on something, they're like, are you really sure you don't want to add this other thing to your Hmm. cart? Or maybe you'd like this um, upgrade to faster shipping or things. And so they said that Amazon is constantly nudging people into its prime. Because it knows that once you're in Prime, you're actually not very likely to cancel. They have statistics that something like 90% of people who sign up for a free trial stay with Prime. So Amazon sort of knows once it gets you, it gets to keep you. So they do all sorts of things if you're not a Prime subscriber already to get you there because... Also, once you're in Prime, they know that Prime users are much more likely to do all, a lot of their spending on Amazon. Amazon says that um, Prime users buy about double the amount of stuff that non-Prime users do. So, they really want to get consumers into their program because they know that once they're there, they're probably not going to leave. What What do Prime users
0: get for their hundred thirty nine dollars?
2: So you get, you know, faster delivery. You can either get the free two-day shipping or in some places, like if you're in a major city, you can get same day. You get access to all of their Prime Video, which is, you know, um, a lot of the videos that they have and all of the, you know, fancy uh, shows that they do themselves like that. Wasn't there like a Lord of the Rings one that just came out? Probably. <laughs> and uh, they also, there's also Amazon Music. So you can get access to free music and not have to like subscribe to Spotify or Apple Music separately. Amazon is constantly offering new things to Prime users. Some of my colleagues, um, you know, reported a week or two ago that Amazon has been thinking about maybe even offering like a wireless plan to Prime Hmm. users. Um, Because as I said, you know, they know that once they got you, you're going to stay, but they sort of want to make sure that there's just enough new things that you don't think of going somewhere else.
0: On the one hand, it might seem strange to bring a lawsuit if, as Amazon says, the vast majority of people who get Prime like it and keep it. But on the other, the FTC is taking close aim at businesses offering subscriptions that are easy to get into and tough to get out of. And there aren't many businesses bigger than Amazon.
2: The difficult-to-cancel thing has been uh, a main focus of the FTC um, under Lena Kahn. So they have brought a bunch of cases against other companies as well that make it really hard to cancel. There was one that they brought against Vonage, which is an internet phone service provider that made it really hard for people to cancel their subscriptions. They proposed a rule earlier this year that they want companies to make it as easy for consumers to cancel a subscription as it is for them to sign up. So if it takes you one click to sign up for something, it should only take you one click to cancel it. You shouldn't have to like call a phone number between the hours of 9 and 5 and like give uh, all of your information and like the reasons why you hate them now and... They want to like cut down on uh, how difficult it is because they know that like canceling things is such a hassle for a lot of people. So even though like 90% of people stay, the FTC is looking out for those 10% of people who do want to cancel. Well, what does Amazon have to say in response? Amazon says they don't believe the FTC's allegations, that they think, you know, it is not that difficult to cancel their uh, service.
0: The thing they named after a Homeric Epic.
2: <laughs> they did name it after a Homeric Epic. But they said last year, they, in response to some other complaints, they tried to make it a little bit easier. Now, if you Google, you can find uh, this button that allows you to cancel Prime with two clicks. You have to Google it, though. So it's obviously not that easy to find. So I think that's probably why the FTC went ahead with this suit. They want them to make it more prominent for you to be able to cancel.
0: I want to understand the underlying economics here a little bit. Uh, Like, how important is Prime to Amazon's bottom line?
2: So as of March, there are 167 million Americans who have Prime. It is approximately 64% of all individuals in America over the age of 18. That's about 70% of households in the U.S. Someone has a Prime account. So (laughs) Prime is like a really big driver of Amazon's business since most of the money it makes is from the marketplace. And then, you know, it has its web services division, which is a growing part. But the marketplace is like where Amazon started. And it's always been its prime business. That's, you know, selling things online is what it's known for. Is
0: Prime membership growing? Is it plateauing? You know, we've been in this sort of inflationary environment is it the kind of thing that that people cut when money's a little tighter?
2: That's a really good question. It Prime had been growing for a significant amount of time. In 2020, for example, it was only something like uh, 50% of 18 plus individuals in the US had Prime. So they've they've made some significant headway over the past couple of years, particularly because of the pandemic, right? You know, everybody right. wanted things at home. But then um, they boosted the price of it. It used to be 119 They added $20 more dollars, So now it's $139. And they haven't been ha- getting as many new signups, which people think might be because of inflation. You know, maybe that $20, $20 is, is a little bit too much for some people.
0: When we come back... The really big case against Amazon is waiting in the
1: wings. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: I want to look at this in the context of, like, the various actions that the FTC has has brought against Amazon. Um, it seems like there have been a number of of suits, a lot of scrutiny, but, like,
2: the agency has, I don't know, what would you say, a mixed record? Can you walk me through it? So the FTC has been looking at Amazon for a long time. Um, They first started looking at Amazon in the summer of 2019, so four years ago. Um, And in the past month, that has resulted in three different lawsuits against Amazon. So the first one was over the Alexa uh, speakers. The FTC said that Alexa speakers sometimes pick up kids voices because, you know, kids live in your house. But children are subject to certain rules under U.S. law. You need parental consent to keep any information about kids. And uh, the FTC alleged that Amazon was not deleting voice prints of children, even sometimes when parents asked. Amazon agreed to settle that probe and uh, pay $25 million dollars. The same day that the FTC brought that one, they also brought another one about their Ring doorbell. So Ring uh, is a company that Amazon bought and a lot of the bad behavior that the FTC alleged happened before Amazon bought Ring. But um, they said that Ring didn't really have great privacy practices so much so that it was pretty easy for hackers to hack those doorbells and then spy on users and there were yeah. some pretty terrible allegations in there cuz you know you can get the Ring doorbell but you can also get some of these like things for your house like maybe you use it as a baby monitor or something and so there were some pretty terrible stories about you know people watching women change people like spying on children um, and like terrorizing them. It was not good stuff. Amazon says that it uh, fired some employees who were misusing the information that was collected from its videos and uh, has since like put in much more stringent privacy practices, but they did also agree to pay a fine related to that. So in total, they ended up paying the FTC $30 million just last month to settle these two problems with some of their devices. And then came this big lawsuit over Prime. That's not even counting the big one, which we're sort of expecting sometime later this summer, which is the FTC's long-running antitrust probe into Amazon. Well, so
0: this is kind of where I wanted to go with you. Like, Are these mm, sort of small ball or medium-sized cases where the FTC thinks it can get a win, or is this part of a a much larger probe at Amazon?
2: I think you could see it A couple different ways. You know, you could see this as sort of like the FTC is steadily building up to its big antitrust case, right? It's like taking a couple things that it has identified over time. Because as I said, you know, they've been looking at this company now for four years and it's a big company. It has a lot of divisions. Like the Ring uh, folks are completely separate from the Alexa folks or separate from the Prime folks. So, it's found a bunch of sort of bad practices in different divisions within Amazon. Uh, But it's building up to this, you know, big monopolization case against the company. Um, Other people, you know, more pro-Amazon, say that the FTC is sort of harassing them by sort of just (laughs) nipping at their heels with all these little lawsuits. Amazon did agree, you know, to settle the other two. It says it didn't think it did anything wrong, but it wanted to get rid of them. The Prime lawsuit, it intends to fight. So
0: that's going to court,
2: you think? Yeah, that one's probably going to go to trial. Um, The FTC brought it under this 2010 law called the Restoring Online Shoppers' Confidence Act. Um, It was intended to make it um, easier for consumers to be confident in what they bought online. Um, And it does have requirements. If you're charging someone a reoccurring subscription, you're supposed to be very clear about that upfront, so that, you know, you don't think that you're buying you know, hand lotion once and then end up, actually, you're getting it for the rest of your life.
0: At the top of the show, I alluded to Lena Khan's famous Yale Law Review article about Amazon. It was called Amazon's Antitrust Paradox, and it went about as close to viral as a law review article can, because it imagined a way of thinking about antitrust that broke with decades of tradition— The article made Khan a legal star, and it made big tech
2: nervous. Lena Khan's article um, focuses on Amazon and sort of the failure of antitrust to imagine Amazon's situation. There's a potential claim within antitrust law called predatory pricing, and the idea is that a company cuts its prices to a really low in order to get people to buy their product um, and then put other people out of business. So it's like cutting prices below how much it actually costs to make something in order to gain market share. And a lot of courts said that that doesn't make any sense. Like nobody can sustain that for a really long period of time. And so they really limited the ability of uh, plaintiffs to bring cases along that. But what Lena Khan says is that didn't really take into account a company like Amazon. Because Amazon's playing a really long game here. Like it is trying to get people hooked on it. Mm. And so, yeah, maybe it's going to give them something below cost. Like you have these really cheap Alexa speakers, but it's getting something out of that too, right? You're helping train its AI, Alexa. You know, it is becoming ingrained in your habits and it is uh, helping, you know, push... You to buy more things from Amazon in their marketplace, which is the you know main place they make money, so really, like predatory pricing can be more long term in a case with Amazon. It might be losing money on one part of its business, but that's in order to make money in another part of its business and uh she argued that you know like antitrust law really hasn't contemplated this enough um and that was sort of like a really breakthrough thought when she wrote this paper a couple years ago because, you know, predatory pricing was considered dead. And so it's everyone's like sort of waiting to see what the FTC ends up filing in this big antitrust suit that they've been looking at for a really long time? Are they going to adopt um, Lena Khan's sort of views about predatory pricing? Are they going to do something else? Um, you know, at this point in time, there have now actually been some other antitrust authorities around the world that have sued Amazon. The EU sued them last year, alleging that um, the way that they structure the buy box, which is you know when you go to a product and it says buy it automatically picks who you're going to buy it from huh the algorithm that decides which vendor you're buying it from takes into account a lot of things but one of the things it does take into account is whether that um vendor uses prime and one of the ways that they have like used as a proxy for that is whether they use amazon's warehouse services <laughs> So that sounds like you're saying that that
0: Amazon is giving preferential treatment to vendors that use its other services.
2: That's the allegation that the European Commission made. So if you use Amazon's warehouse service, you're more likely to end up in the buy box. So people do it. Um, And there have been some research that, you know, the amount of fees that Amazon charges these third-party vendors has been going up significantly over time because, you know, now Vendors think, you know, I don't just need Amazon's warehouse services. Maybe I also need to pay for advertisements on Amazon so that my my product shows up first when somebody, you know, is looking for something. And so over time, the amount of money that third-party sellers have been giving to Amazon has been growing.
0: So far, Lina Khan's FTC has had a mixed track record against Amazon and the other big tech companies. But the major antitrust case... The one everyone knows will be filed at some point is likely coming soon, and Amazon is getting ready.
2: The FTC does like to point out that it is vastly outgunned in comparison to these, you know, digital behemoths. The FTC, you know, has about 1,000 employees, and, you know, it is in charge of making sure there is not any competitive behavior or deceptive business practices across the entire economy. So, you know, they have very limited resources, particularly um, in comparison to a company like Amazon. But I think, you know, you could see this as them being really sure that they have their uh, I's dotted and their T's crossed before they file this lawsuit since they know that this is the big one. Um, And that could be part of why it's taken so long. The other thing is, though, you know, Amazon now knows that this is coming. And so it has had an opportunity to try and position itself in the best way possible. As I mentioned, you know, they did make some changes to how easy or hard it is to cancel Prime last year uh, after the FTC had opened the probe into this. They also, earlier this year, announced that they were restarting this program called Seller Fulfilled Prime, which means you can get the Prime label if you promise that you are able to send people you know, their products within the two days that Amazon would guarantee if you had used the warehouse. Um, so it's starting to make moves that it's going to argue in uh, the FTC's eventual case show that the FTC is wrong.
0: So... You have alluded to this big antitrust probe that's hanging out there. We've talked about the U probe. When is it coming? What's it going to say? What's, when's the biggie
2: going to happen? That has been uh, a question. Everyone has been waiting for a long time. As I mentioned, we're at four years now, and it's now been two years since Lena Khan took over at the FTC, so people are starting to get a little bit antsy. But it's expected to come this summer. And it's expected to focus on Amazon's moneymaker, the marketplace. Um, but there's still a couple questions about what the FTC is going to focus on specifically. Is it going to be focused on this preferential treatment that it gives to people who use its services? Is it going to be on the allegations that Amazon takes the data from its third-party sellers about what is selling and then you know makes its own products? Um, for those same things, or is it going to be this sort of novel predatory pricing argument that she made in her paper years ago.
0: You think it's coming this
2: summer? It's probably going to be this summer.
0: Happy vacation to you. A happy.
2: <laughs> happy summer to me. New lawsuit.
0: Leon Island, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Leah Nylan is a reporter at Bloomberg covering antitrust. And that is it for our show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell. Our show is edited by Jonathan Fisher. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio for Slate. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. And it's also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. And if you like what we're doing, the best thing to do is support us by joining Slate+. Plus. Just head on over to slate.com slash plus to sign up. All right, we'll be back on Sunday with another episode. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.